Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I am Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. I am so super excited, stoked that you are here for week two of this series called The Big Story. One of the things that we've been doing at Downtown Harbor Church, specifically as we kicked off our year, is we wanted to take kind of we wanted to take on kind of the most ambitious series that we'd ever done. So we've talked about how we would make this creative and what this would look like as we kind of unpack this together. And this series called The Big Story is actually going to be 12 weeks long. And we're going to take 12 weeks and we're going to kind of look at how this all fits together, right? We're going to kind of, oh, hello, I have some ADD going on. So I kind of look over there and they'll be fixing that, which will be great. Uh, Anyway, we are going to take a look at kind of this big story for the next 12 weeks of how this kind of all fits together from start to finish and how it centers in and around the life of Jesus. And so one of the things that we've done for this series is we've actually placed some Bibles on your chair. And so I don't know if you have one at home or you don't have one at home or what your situation is. Maybe you look at the Bible on your phone or or maybe you don't even have one, or I don't even know what your story is, but we place these there for you to take. And so if you don't have one or you want one, please feel free to take one of these with you. This is an awesome, awesome book that we believe is the inspired word of God. And what we're doing is we're taking a look at this story kind of from start to finish during this series. And so one of the questions that we're asking in this series is this is one of the questions we're asking. Okay, we may have been here for some length of time. We've heard these names. We've heard these people in the scripture. Here's the question. How does this all fit together, right? How does this all tie together and fit together? From start to finish, if we look at this story, the creation of all things, culminating in the Messiah coming to earth, Jesus, how does this all tie together? And so last week, one of the things that we did was we kind of kicked it off in the very very beginning. And we took a look at the creation of all things. And we took a look at the very two first human beings that are documented in this book that God created. And those two people are Adam and Eve. And we took a look at how God created them. And actually in the magnificent paradise that they created, that God who created the world and the universe and everything in it that God created, how they broke God's laws and then God threw them out of that magnificent paradise. And they went and they actually had descendants who would then begin to populate the earth. And last week we also kind of culminated the message and talked about how God had promised someone that his descendants would be blessed and his descendants would be the nation of Israel. And that guy was named Abraham. And so one of the things that we did last week was we just took a look at that promise. And so because this is a message series that kind of builds on each message and because these messages all fit and tie together, I would encourage you, if you didn't catch up on last week yet, you want to go back to our website, soflowchurch.com and just catch up because it's so important for us to understand how these all fit and tie together. But we talked about last week that Abraham had those descendants that would be what? blessed. And God said that they would be blessed. And sure enough, Abraham did have those descendants. And one of Abraham's descendants was a guy by the name of Jacob. And Jacob, almost one of the fathers of the Jewish faith as well, named Israel, right? Another name for Jacob. He had many, many sons. And sure enough, he had one son who we're going to focus on today. And I guarantee you, even if you've never been in a local church before, except for 
this moment in your life, you've probably heard of this guy on some level. Because the guy that we're going to talk about today is actually the center of one of the most famous Broadway musicals of all time. One of my favorite Broadway musicals, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And so this week we're going to talk about a guy named Joseph. And so each week we kind of have an object to represent the person or people that we're talking about. Last week was a globe that God created the world and everything in it. This week is very simply just a multicolored vase. Why would we pick a multicolored vase? And it's a very simple answer. Because Joseph was known almost most famously for his coat of many colors. In fact, we pulled this out of the archives of the Bible. This picture was in a cliff note. And no, I'm just kidding. This We did not. However, you may recognize this man because you may have seen something like this. But as we start and as we kind of kick this off, I want to give you guys just a little bit of context, right, for this big story. Because a lot of times here at Downtown Harbor Church, we kind of end up in the life of Jesus, right? We talk a lot about Jesus. I like to do this because it just really gives people perspective. This is right where the life of Jesus begins. Take a look here. Over halfway through this miraculous big story, and we tend to forget that there's so much before and so much after the life of Jesus. And so today, as we kind of kick this off, I just want you to know where we're going to land in this big story, because we're going to land right about there again. This is the story of a guy named Joseph the son of Jacob. And this is one of the most important messages that we will give during this series because it gives us so much context and history for the history of the Israeli people. So if you want to open your scripture, you can go ahead. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 37. Um, we're going to actually start with verse 3 if you want to file or follow along. Um, as always, it'll be on our screens. And by the way, gang, you can probably you know, look through it and kind of go through it with us. We're going to be bouncing a lot today. There's 110 years of history that I'm about to go through in about 30 minutes, so just stay with me, right? But in Genesis chapter 37, verse 3, it actually begins by talking about Jacob and Joseph. And here's what it says. Jacob, his father, loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his what? Old age. And then it goes on. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, a coat, right? Of many colors. You've probably heard that and seen that from time to time. A coat that would be a beautiful, luxurious robe because Jacob loved him, don't miss this, more than any other of his children because he gave birth to him at an old age. Now, let me pause for a second. I am currently not a parent in the room to a human being other than a dog, right? And she's kind of a human being. She's my baby. But what I want you to know is, is that I don't know what this is like, right? To have multiple children and to choose between them and to make one the favorite, make one that you love more than the rest, right? But here's what I do know about that, just on parents that I've interacted with and engaged with. This is not good, okay? This is, not, this is very bad to make one child, right, that you love more than the other ch children. It's just not a good thing to do. I would avoid that if you can, if you have multiple children. But Jacob, obviously, the scripture says, loved Joseph more than his other children because he was born to him in an old age. But there was something else about Joseph, who was the youngest of all of the siblings. Joseph had a special gift from God. 
Joseph had an ability to do things that the other brothers didn't, and really people did not. He had a special and amazing gift from God. He could dream and interpret dreams. In fact, Joseph was known as a dreamer. He was known as one of these people who had this unique, special ability to dream and, don't miss this, interpret dreams. And one of the dreams he had was that his brothers eventually would bow down to him. So imagine being one of those brothers and seeing your little runt brother named Joseph with a luxurious coat, which was a gift from your father because he liked him more than you. And then this little runt brother said, hey, boys, had a dream. And there's going to become a point in time, there's going to come a point in time where you all are going to bow down to me. How do you think you would feel if you heard that from your youngest brother who was the favorite child with luxurious gifts and this special ability? I don't know that I would like it very much, just being honest. And sure enough, you might not either. Neither did his brothers. Joseph's brothers did not like him. In fact, the scripture tells us how much they had disdain for Joseph because of who he was and the abilities that he had. The scripture goes on in Genesis 37 to say, but while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Jacob was interested in this young dreamer's ability to interpret dreams. He's going, man, I wonder what those mean. But sure enough, the brothers over the course of time, they had so much anger and so much bitterness and so much disdain for their brother Joseph that they actually planned to do something. They planned to kill him. They said, we're done with this business. We are done. And, and, and I'll just tell you this. I don't know how bad it is in your family with siblings, but I, I guarantee you, and if, if this has happened, then I'm sorry for you because, you know, there's probably some things going on that need to be addressed. But more than likely, your sibling rivalry did not end in attempted murder. More than likely, okay? And so I just want you to know that. Let's set the bar for that, right? But one of Joseph's brothers in Genesis 37, Reuben, says this. It says, but when Reuben heard of their scheme, the brother's scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Yes. And he goes, hey, let's not kill him. Wait, why would we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness, this empty well. And so during the week, our staff kind of gets together and we talk about these messages. We talk about what we're going to say on the weekends. And one of the things that came up was my buddy John, who's the executive director here, he asked me, he goes, did you ever have a time where you did something like this to your siblings? Like, did it ever get this bad? And I was like, let me see. Actually, yeah, there was something that happened like this. It was not attempted murder, but there was a time where I was probably nine. My sister Kelly was seven, and the babysitter was there because my parents both worked. And sure enough, do you remember those sleeping bags that we had when we were kids? Now they're illegal because you can't breathe in them, but you could like zip them all the way up, right? And I don't know when they became illegal, but a lot of things that were, you know, legal when I was a kid are no longer legal, and that's unfortunate and sad. But anyway, so like there was this one time the babysitter was there, and I put my sister Kelly in this sleeping bag and kind of zipped her up. And then the babysitter was upstairs. I took her, I picked her up, and I went outside and put her in a trash can and locked the door. It's a 100% true story. She came pounding on the door. Just a funny aside, because we were talking about, did that ever happen to you and your family? Yes, it did. However, right, it was not attempted murder. And that's exactly what his brothers were considering doing to him. But they said, nah, let's not kill him. 
We don't need to have any blood on our hands. Instead, let's just throw him down an empty well. And then after they did that, they decided to do something else. They said, let's just decide to sell him into slavery. Why not make a buck off our brother? Why not make a buck off Joseph while we can? This young, good-looking, attractive man who could probably be worth a penny to these slave traders. Let's just make a buck off him. So what they did was they sold him into slavery. And then to their father, who loved Joseph so much, they lied to Jacob and said that he was dead. In fact, they took his coat, the coat of many colors, and they dipped it in blood and told Jacob that Joseph had died. Imagine in that moment being Joseph, someone who was just using the ability that God had gave him to interpret dreams and to be a dreamer, and your brothers, your family, those who should care about you the most, those who should have your back regardless of what happens, betray you and try to kill you and then sell you off into slavery. I don't know about you, but if I were Joseph, I would probably be pretty down. And I go, how could someone do this to me? How could these people do this to me? What did I do to them? Genesis 37 continues, and it talks about what happened to Joseph. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in where? Egypt, okay? Joseph, which when he was born, he was in Israel, right? Arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. Now, let's pause for a second. I'm just going to kind of have everybody look up here. Don't miss this, right? This is so key for us understanding the history of the Jewish people in this big story. Because this is the moment where their relocation story from Israel to Egypt begins. And I will talk about that in a second, right? But what I wanted to do is I wanted to provide you a map of what this looks like. Because if Joseph would have started out here and was sold into slavery and ended up here, in ancient times, this is a long way to go. It was a long journey from here to here. There were no Jeep Grand Cherokees taking people from place to place, okay? It's a long, treacherous journey. And Joseph was sold into slavery in the house of the captain of the palace guard, right? Potiphar. And in Genesis chapter 39, it goes on to talk about God and God's ability with Joseph. So you can go ahead a couple of chapters, right? Here's what, here's what it is. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his what? Egyptian master. God gave Joseph an ability. God gave Joseph a gift and a talent and promised to never, ever lead him, leave him. And one of the things that we have to remember in our own lives, because more than likely, we're not going to be this low. We're not going to have the things happen to us like Joseph had happened to him. But here's what we need to remember. When God promises he is with you, we have to remember something. We have to remember that he is with you. And so often we forget so often when things don't go our way, we forget that God has promised to never leave or forsake us should we say yes to Jesus in our life. 
Well, while Joseph was in the home of Potiphar and God had promised to never leave him, right? He was doing okay, even though he was in an awful situation and sold into slavery, right? That was not a good thing. That was an awful, treacherous thing. But Joseph was doing okay. Joseph was doing so okay. And remember I, remember I said he was an attractive, young, good-looking man, right? Someone noticed Joseph. Potiphar's wife noticed Joseph. So imagine this, imagine this scenario. You are Joseph and you're a slave in your master's home. And all of a sudden his wife notices you and wants you badly. And she did. And she approached Joseph and wanted Joseph physically. And Joseph knew that if he did anything with this woman, that he would be dead or thrown in jail. And sure enough, he said, I cannot do this. He was a righteous man. I cannot be a part of this. Go away from me, woman. Get out of here. Right? And sure enough, Potiphar's wife, when she was rejected, decided to make up lies about Joseph. She lied about him and said that he actually was the one who was interested in her. And sure enough, you know what happened to Joseph after he was sold into slavery and after he was attempted to be killed, right? Put in the home of Potiphar, the captain of the palace guard. Joseph, because he was falsely accused, was put in prison. Joseph ends up in prison. And Joseph was tossed in jail because he was falsely accused. Up and down, up and down. This dreamer, this person who had this unique ability from God now was straight up in prison. But see, Potiphar wasn't the guy in charge of all of Egypt. In that scripture, you saw that there was another guy in charge of Egypt, and the guy in charge of Egypt was actually named Pharaoh, right? And the guy in charge of Egypt was actually named Pharaoh. And while Joseph was in prison, don't miss this because there's a lot of details. While Joseph was in prison, there were a couple of other guys who were in prison who had dreams. And they asked Joseph to interpret those dreams. And he did. And sometime later, one of those guys was in the presence of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh had a dream. And what the guy said to Pharaoh was, hey, I think I know somebody who's downstairs in jail who might be able to help interpret your dreams. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 41. It talks about Pharaoh's dream. When two full years had passed, just stop for a second. Think about this. Joseph, who didn't do anything in any of these situations, he didn't do anything wrong. He was in jail for two full years, day after day of treachery and isolation. Two full years had passed. But after those two full years had passed, Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. This was his dream. He was standing by the Nile, the river. When out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. And after them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, much like the coffee at the downtown Harbor Church, ugly and gaunt. Okay, I'm just a joke, everybody. But came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. Seems like a restful night to me, right? I don't know about you. I don't know when the last time you had a nightmare was, but that seems like an interesting one. But there was something that was about to happen. And I want you to remember this, that Joseph had a unique ability. Remember that Joseph was a dreamer. 
Remember that God had given Joseph a unique ability to interpret dreams. So Pharaoh, the ruler of all of Egypt, called on Joseph to interpret the dreams. And here's what Joseph said. And guys, this is all throughout the scripture in Genesis. I would encourage you to read it this week. It's an awesome, awesome read. We're going to kind of go through the Reader's Digest version because there's so much here. But this is what Joseph basically said. He goes, Pharaoh, those fat cows, those fat cows that came out of the river, here's what that means. You are going to have, we are going to have as a country and a land and a region, seven years of abundance. That means we're going to have seven years of basically good food, a bountiful harvest. We're going to have what we need. And then after that, we're going to have seven years of famine in the land. We're going to have seven years where we don't have what we need. So during those seven years of abundance, Pharaoh, buddy boy, it's time to stock up. Take the van to Costco and load it up because we are going to have seven years of famine after these seven years of abundance. And because Joseph had this unique ability, and Pharaoh could see that he was blessed by God. Pharaoh made a decision regarding this prisoner, Joseph. And Joseph was put in charge of all of Egypt. And Joseph, all of a sudden, who was down, rose up again, whose family took him here and sold him off into slavery and betrayed him. And then, sure enough, ended up in the home of Potiphar, the captain of the palace guard, where he was doing well under his leadership, then was falsely accused and thrown in prison. And then at the end of it, when he was called on to interpret a dream, Pharaoh said, okay, God is with you. I'm putting you in charge of everything in this land. And sure enough, just because God was with him, and he knew God was with him, that dream that he interpreted was 100% correct. And famine hit the entire region, and famine hit the land after seven years of abundance. But Egypt was ready because of Joseph and because his interpretation of those dreams, Egypt was ready to go. They had food. But the truth is, right, is this famine didn't just hit Egypt. It hit the entire region. So that map that I put up earlier, it's so important for you to understand the context of that map because the famine spread not only throughout Egypt, but it spread up into Israel. And do you know who was still in Israel? Joseph's family. The father who thought he was dead and the brothers who sold him off into slavery. And when the famine hit, right? Joseph's family was affected. The famine hit Joseph's family and they were desperate. So you know where they went? Because they didn't know what had happened to their brother. But they knew that Egypt had food and they were hungry. So the scripture outlines the next chain of events related to, jo related to Joseph and his family, and they are powerful, powerful events. And I'm going to kind of readers digest them again for you. But let me tell you what happened. Joseph's brothers ended up in Egypt just as his old dream predicted, right in front of him, begging for mercy, begging for food. And they didn't even know who they were begging to at the time. And you know what Joseph could have done? Joseph could have easily said, eh, eh, I know who you are. And I know what you did 
to me, and there is no way I will forgive you. There is no way that I will allow you to thrive in this land because you have wronged me, you threatened me, you sold me off into the worst conditions that a human being can ever live in. There's no way that I'm letting you in here and giving you anything. But that's not what he said. In fact, Joseph, throughout a chain of events, actually forgave his brothers and forgave his family right where they were at and said, you can come and dwell and live here regardless of what you've done to me all those years ago that I suffered. This dreamer, this person who is now in charge of Egypt, allowed his family in, allowed people of a different race in, a different country in, to where they were at because of famine. And I have to tell you something. I don't know that I probably could have done the same. And the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is, as we look at the life of Joseph, some of you may not have been able to, done, to do the same. But his example of what he went through and how low he got and still he thrived, still he forgave, still he remembered that God is with him is the most powerful realization related to his life. A descendant of Abraham those who were said to be blessed by God were now living in a different land. And this is where the history of this big story is so important for us to understand. The Israeli people, right, were living in a different land than their promised land because famine hit and Joseph let them into a place that had food. Well, Joseph lived to be 110 years old. And the scripture in Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 through 26, outlines his last days. Joseph, that guy who was sold off into slavery and then put in jail and then rose to power in Egypt. Then Joseph said to his brothers who were there, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath. To who? This big story, it all works together. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. You're going back there, right? God's going to come to your aid. You're not going to be here forever. So Joseph died at the age of 110 and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. All right. I just went through 110 years of history in about 26 minutes. But I will tell you this. This person, who I believe is not only a person in the Bible, but I believe is one of the most important figures in the history of humanity. This person is my absolute favorite person in the entire Bible, in the entire scripture. We were talking downstairs earlier, and I said this last week. They're like, aren't you supposed to say Jesus? Yes, he is the favorite of all. But if I were relating to someone in their life, Joseph is someone who I just have the utmost admiration and respect for. And let me tell you why. Because as he was sold off into slavery and his family betrayed him, 
And then as he was falsely accused, and as he ended up in prison, and then as he rose up to power, he exhibited traits that I don't know that I would personally be able to exhibit. Let me tell you what he exhibited. He exhibited perseverance. And those things that he went through in life, do you want to know the truth? you want to know the fact? A lot of us are going through similar things just like that in our life. It may not be as severe as what Joseph went through, but the one thing that I can look at his life and gain, and the one thing that I can look at his life and understand is that we need to not give up. Because it's so easy to give up. And it's so easy to throw in the towel. And it's so easy to say, I'm done with God. I'm done with this relationship. I'm done with my family. I'm done with my life. That's easy. Fighting for your future, like Joseph had to do, remembering that God had promised to never leave him, that's hard. That's perseverance. That's a dreamer who knew that God was with him, who never, ever gave up. That's what I gain when I look at his life. That's what I understand when I look at this person's life. Because many of us would have just given up and said, I'm done. So today, what's the practical? For you here today who's listening to this and who, for you here today who's listening to his life and going, all right, I'm going to kind of engage with this big story thing. And I, I, I had people coming in today. I loved it. They were like, hey, we listened to what you said last week. We went home and read the scripture and the Bible and we got more information and knowledge. Love that. Read this story this week if you want to go down a journey because it is so, so powerful. What's the practical? Well, the first one is very simple yet very hard and very profound. And as much as I know that there is someone in this room or someone listening to my voice who need to hear this right here, right now, I know there's probably multiple people who are hearing this and who God is just going to speak to your heart through the life of Joseph. So what's the practical? Never give up. Don't give up real easy to give up. It's real easy to throw in the towel. It's real easy to say, I gone. I'm done. Because life is hard. Life does not get easier. And some of us right now are in a trench and a valley and we're going, I don't see a way out. Look at the life of Joseph, who God promised to never leave. Yes, it took time, but he eventually persevered and thrived and forgave based on what God did for him for the love of everything holy. Please, please, please never give up. Never give up. Someone um, told me about something a couple of weeks ago, which I had never heard before, and maybe you've heard about it, but I'd never heard about it before. They asked me, they said, have you ever seen a semicolon? I said, yeah, I was an English major in college. Of course I've seen a semicolon. And semicolon, a semicolon in our culture today is actually representative of something. For those who have actually pondered ending their own life and didn't, because they realize they have a future. They realize that there's a pause in the sentence, but it keeps going. That's the point of a semicolon. 
And I just believe at the end of the day that most of us, if we had gone through Joseph's situation, we might have given up. And we might have even considered ending what we have in the most precious thing in our life. And I study this because I see things. Suicide rates are going up and up and up because people can't fight anymore. God, if you've said yes to him, has promised never to leave you or forsake you. Don't please, please ever, ever, ever give up. Your life is too important. It matters. It means something. God has a plan for your future. It does. But I also want you to know something. And this might be the hardest pill for us all to swallow. But it's so true. When God promises something, you got to remember something. Remember, it takes time. And we live in a world and a culture where we want things now. Because that message comes through on our phone real quick. And someone updates their Facebook status real quick or someone tweets real quick and we see it all. But God never promised that things would be quick. But he did promise never to leave us if we said yes to him through Jesus. I've left out a verse and I'm going to put it on the screen in a second. Because I believe in the Joseph story, it's the most powerful verse in the entire story and he's talking to his brothers. When they came begging him for food... When they came begging for forgiveness to the guy who was in charge. This is what Joseph said in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, to his brothers. And I love it so much. Here's what he said. You intended to harm me. You intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. There are a lot of people who are hearing this and listening to this who've been through trenches and are in trenches just like Joseph was. What if instead of being down, you understood that the trench that you are in or were in only exists so that you can eventually save the life of someone else? If we all thought of it that way, everything would be different, wouldn't it? Everything would be different and unique. And we wouldn't. Think that God has left us when he hasn't. And we would keep fighting for our future. Here's what I love so much about Joseph. Here's what I love so much about his life. Here's what I love about this life of a dreamer with a coat of many colors who always kept fighting because he remembered that God was with him. The life of Joseph is a timeless example to keep fighting for your future. And sometimes you don't really have much else to say than that. And it just happened to be one of those weeks for me that I just believed was God-ordained. Here's what I mean when I say that. I got to spend some time with some amazing people last week. And I just got to sit across from a lot of people. And you know what the constant theme was? Try to figure out what's there for my future. And I said, I can relate. Me too. I believe God put this message in the exact right spot because there are people who needed to hear it right where they were at. I needed to hear it right where I was at. And the life of Joseph, this dreamer, this amazing, amazing human being is a timeless example for the love of everything holy to keep fighting for your future. Do not give up. Put one foot in front of the other. And remember, even though it takes time, God has promised to never leave or forsake you should you say yes to 
I'm already over time. There's like the Oscars, right? Where they're like wrapping people up in the booth. They're going, we got to get out of here. The museum's going to throw us out, okay? So let me pray for us. The band's going to have an awesome just closing song. It's very powerful. Zone in, listen, let your heart be moved. And then we'll wrap the morning. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your story. Thank you for this life of Joseph, who I just believe you blessed, who suffered through pain, who dealt with adversity, yet they kept fighting. He kept fighting. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his example. Thank you, God, for allowing him to be a powerful example for us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you've done in each of our lives. Allow this person to change us, his story to change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.